privilege to have a guest speaker this morning in church, Steve Kennedy. He's been here uh, several times before already, so we ask you to come and speak to us, and God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're so glad to be here today. Oh, the Lord is doing so much. Hallelujah. And I've got a rent-a-crowd with me today. Uh, we attend the Cornerstone Ministry Church in Crystal City, but we also have a house of prayer on Thursday nights, and that's where we meet to worship the Lord and to seek His face and to call upon His name, and He leads us into many different areas of serving Him and being obedient to Him. So I just want to share a couple of those things with you today. Could be things that you're not aware of, and so we want to make sure this information gets out there. Right now, we have a postcard campaign going on. It says, Gendercide, I Want to Live. And what has been happening in our country now for many years is that couples are going in and getting ultrasounds, and if they find out the sex of that baby is a girl, then they abort the baby. They don't want a girl. So we have a serious issue of gendercide in our own country. This is happening in our own land. And so what God has led us to do is to put together this postcard campaign, and it's very simple. All you need to do, you don't have to do all 308 cards to the MPs, but if you want to, we have the cards here today. All you have to do is sign it, put your name, address on it, and put it in the mailbox. Of course, all postage that's sent to MPs is free, so it costs you nothing. We have these available. You can also go on our website. Uh, We're on Facebook, I Want to Live campaign, and we're doing this till October And what is the total we have sent out so far? So we're just up to 11,500 postcards, and we want to see 100,000 of these sent to Parliament. Now, if you don't do all 308, then we encourage you just, there's six major um, MPs and leaders that we'd encourage you just to fill these out and send them in the mailbox. So please consider doing that. Uh, We have all the information, even on the website that we have, uh, you can easily print them off if you know others that you know have a heart for life and that, like right now, our, uh, the Conservative Party, when they met in their huge caucus, they, 90% of them were in agreement that this is wrong. So we have a time right now, we have an open opportunity when they have said themselves, when they voted that this is a concern to them, we have an opportunity to come against this atrocity that's happening in their own land. So we encourage you to do that with us. I brought, uh, we've got a couple of our business cards. We have our Crystal City of House of Prayer, which we have many initiatives happening through it. Um, even today, at the end of the service, we're going to open it up for a time of prayer. These young people love to pray for people. Even if you don't know what you need prayer for, you come forward and God will speak to them and give you a word from him. So I'd encourage you even at the end, just to make you aware of that, be prepared. Come forward for prayer at the end. We just love to love on others. And we find that that is just happens naturally when we pray for one another. Words of encouragement are spoken and we're lifted up and we are really blessed through it. So I encourage you to do that at the end. We also have another ministry called Breath of Life. Again, we have a website for that and I've got the card here if you want to learn more information. What we're asking is people to just take one day a year, find a group of you. It can begin with just one of you finding some friends. All we're requesting is that you... For that one day, you go on-site 
To you, it would be the Brandon abortionary. You would go there on site during the day. You would prayer walk it. It is non-confrontational. You're not there to approach anybody. All you're there is to represent Jesus and pray. We even have prayer booklets, which I didn't bring with me, but they are downloadable on our website. gives you scripture that you can pray. If you don't know how to pray or what to pray, we've got those resources available. And then we ask you to commit to find people to fill up a prayer clock to make sure that there's prayer going on for 24 hours for that abortionary clinic. And it's just blessing them. It's blessing the doctors. It's blessing the nurses and saying, Lord God, open their eyes. Let them see what they're doing. Blessing the young women. Mostly they're going in there. They don't have any idea what they're doing because they've been told lies. They don't understand the atrocity that's happening to their own body, that they're killing a baby, and that there's going to be lifelong repercussions if they don't find Jesus that they'll have to live with. They're not told of any of these things. They're totally lied to, saying it's your right to do this, that you need to do this. They're encouraged. Everyone outside of faith encourages them, and sometimes in faith encourages them to go get abortions. And it's an atrocity in our land. So if that's something that God is speaking to your heart here today, then please come and talk to us about this, and we'll get you set up, get you on the right road, the right direction. We were here a couple weeks ago for the Southwestern Pro-Life Gathering, and it was a phenomenal event. Uh, The doctor that came from Winnipeg gave information that just astounded me of where all the lies came that we now buy into and believe, and that our atrocities are going on in our land that need to be ended. So we need to stand up. Us Christians are the voice for righteousness. Hallelujah, because we have Christ, and he's the righteous one. He's the righteous king. He came to rule with righteousness. So he's calling us to step up, to place, take our place in society and be a voice for those who don't have a voice, to see justice go forth. So if God is speaking to you in any area of, of life, please come to see us. That seems to be a, a lot of the area which, again, um, we didn't expect to be a part of, but God has taken us on journey that now this is the place we are. And we're a house of prayer. You can even Skype in on a Thursday night from your home and, and come and be part of our prayer if you want. We've even had a pastor from the UK join us in prayer. And it was like 3 a.m. his time. Hallelujah. I also have another resource this morning. And this is a brand new booklet that uh, Rob Parker, perhaps you're familiar with, from the National House of Prayer in Ottawa. He really felt he needed to get a resource into Christians' hands teaching them and informing them how important it is for to pray for government, to get involved, and to vote. And this is something that he's just published. And so I just got it in my hand today. He sent them out. And if you're interested in this booklet, I have it available also. I have five of them here this morning. I have four that are available. One's mine. <laughs> so I'm buying those, so I'll give it to you for free. Because I want to see that these gets, get into the hands of the church. This is really important. We're at a crucial time in our history of this nation. Where the church has to come alive in Christ. And we need to step up. We need to play, take the place that Christ has bought for us to represent him in a Christless society. Some of you maybe don't even know how Christless our society has become. I'll just give you a, a, a quick story. And this is dear to our hearts right now because she's a friend of ours, Leah. She attends the University of Ottawa, and one day her professor came in. Her professor is a lady, and she's gay, and she believes that it's her responsibility to show everyone that they can have freedom in their sexuality and however they want to observe that. And she had a sex shop in her university class 
which had nothing to do with the course outline of why Lee even took that course. It's prevalent in our society now, friends. It's prevalent. The homosexual agenda is right at our doorstep knocking, and many of us aren't even awake and realize it. They want to take over all of society, and they have an agenda from hell that right now is allowing them to do it. And the only way it's going to stop is, again, for us, who have been blocked by the blood of Jesus. We sang how that fount has cleansed us from the blood of Jesus here today. And the blood has cleansed us. So now we need to go as a cleanse-washed church and go and share the love of Christ to these who are lost. This professor, she's lost. And again, Leah asked us to pray this week because she went to talk to her professor to share how wrong this is for her to be doing this in a university setting, in a class that she didn't pay for this to be done. But the, it is so prevalent. And they feel they have such an agenda because they are so hurt. They want to make sure everyone else gets as hurt as they are. They haven't encountered love. They haven't encountered Jesus. And that's the only way that they know out is to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Which, of course, it is spoken in scripture that these things will come and they will increase in the end times. And now we consider our educated society of Canada. We're not a third world country. We consider ourselves having known some things. It seems like we know even less. We've even become more degraded and per persuasive in our and obscured in the lines of what even we believe sometimes as Christians and what Jesus did for us and the price he paid. Now this isn't my message, but it is on my heart. It's on my heart. It's on God's heart. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to find such love in him that we're so satisfied that we have to, that we're persuaded that the only outcome of that love that we encounter is to now go and share it with others. He loves us so much. He's so deeply in love with us, my friends. Some of us haven't encountered his love in a long time. Maybe 10 years ago, you accepted the Lord. You got excited for Jesus and then it, and as sometimes happens, you get squashed, and those that you think would encourage you say, no, that's not the way you should be. This is how it is as being a Christian. And you begin living just this hollow existence of what you knew Christ was when you first met him. But now you're not sure any longer. You haven't spent time with him in very, very often. You don't get into the word. You fall into the deception of who the devil now says you are. You get down on yourself. You find guilt and shame because, of course, when you begin to sin again, that's the only thing that's, that's the outcome of sin is you become shameful, you become guiltful. And if you don't run to Jesus, you just carry that. You have no outlet except then to go and sin some more. You're not free when Jesus set you free. Perhaps there's some like that, that today as I speak, that this word would pierce your heart today, that God would get a hold of you again while there is time. That's why the trumpet is sounding. I believe that's why there's a trumpet on Bob Parker's book. He's got the shofars of trumpets here. There's a trumpet sound that God wants us to hear today. And it's loud and clear. We need to get with Jesus. We need to get alone with Jesus. We need to become lovers with Jesus and Jesus alone. Some of us found love in other areas and we didn't realize it. We put up idols in other places, but we weren't supposed to, taking our focus and our gaze off the one who loved us first.
who came for us first, who gave us all for us first. This is the Christ that we serve. It's the Christ that died for us. And yes, that's why it said even in that scripture, 145 of Psalm, it talks about the goodness of God. It tells us that we're supposed to go and share of what he's done for us and the miracle that he's wrought for us and what he's done in our hearts and lives. And then there's one line there that I think probably gets us very uncomfortable. It says, and the wicked shall perish. But that is the absolute truth. Without Christ, you are dead, you are lost, and you shall perish The righteous judge is coming again, and he will judge rightly. He won't judge for the things you've done. He'll judge what your heart is, if you've given your heart totally in submission to him. Because a heart submitted to him is going to do lots of good things. That's the natural outflow. But the symptom is where it's the heart. It's giving our lives over to Jesus. Young people, I encourage you to... You young people that are in this meeting today, get along with Jesus. Just seek him first. Love on him first. Give the first part of your day. If the first part of the day isn't your best part of the day, give him the last part of the day. Whatever the best part is, give him that. Instead of giving this world the best part of everything, let him become the best part of everything that we do. That we're just doing it for him. Jesus abolished sin and death. He eradicated it. That was the punishment that he paid for us on the cross of Calvary. Many of us would totally agree that he abolished death because we say now we are eternal beings. Oh, death, where is your sting? Yes, this earthly Bible will go back to dust, but I am now alive in Christ, so I have eternal life. Death, where is your sting? Death has no grip on me at all because of what Christ did for me. But what about the sin part? It says he also abolished sin. If we believe he abolished death, why don't we believe he also abolished sin? He eradicated it. So now we don't have to believe its lies and follow its sway and be obedient to it any longer. It says, whoever loves me shall obey me. This is the great love that we have to Christ, is in, it's being obedient to who he is and following him and doing what he says and understanding who he is and, who, and what his heart is for us. He abolished sin and death. That's a decree that's been done. You can take sin back if you want because that is your right of choice. But you can also now choose to live for Christ and learn to live a life that's free of sin Live a life that is pure. Live a life that is holy. Be holy as I am holy. He is pure, so now we have been made pure. Everything that we couldn't do, he did for us, so that we could become who he is. He became everything that we couldn't be in our own strength. When our eyes looked in the wrong direction, and we can control where our eyes looked, he said, now I'll become your eyes. Look through my eyes now. See the way I see Look at the things the way I look at them now. You no longer have to be obedient to look to the left or the right, but now be obedient to look at Jesus straight ahead on purpose. So, Jesus, I'm just looking at you. My gaze is fixed on you. I want you and nothing else. 
let your gaze be fixed upon him. What about your hands? Perhaps you set your hands to things that were wicked and evil and perverse. What did he do? He nailed himself to the cross so that now we no longer have to be obedient with our hands and do the things that we once did. But now we can be obedient to use our hands to love, to lay hands on the sick, to come and wrap our arms around those that are hurting and comfort them in their time of need. Now we're his hands. Everything's changed. We're not the same people that we were before. Perhaps if there's anything today, maybe it's just we need to get back to our first love and who Christ created us to be in the first place. Lovers of him. A new creation. Colossians 1 says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Pure spotless bride. That's now what he has done for us. Free from accusation. Oh, the world's going to still accuse you. You're going to find people in the church are going to accuse you. But you don't have to accept that any longer. Because he took all the accusations for you. He was the one that was accused. What were all the names that they called him? They called him a liar. Called him a deceiver. They called him a debaucher. He said, you're a... You're a drunkard. You go, you hang out with the drunks. He was accused every name that you'll ever possibly be accused of. He already did that for you. So when you're accused of, you say, thank you, Jesus. That's, now I know what, what happened to you. But you took it for me, so I don't have to receive any of these words of curse any longer. They just fall off me. Because I've become curseless because you became the curse. You see, that's what Jesus did. He became everything that we couldn't be and do in our own strength. Some of us get very offended if, if, if another person looks at us the wrong way. Oh, did you see the way they looked at me? Well, Jesus is now our eyes. We don't have to look at them through eyes of getting ticked off. Now we say, oh, God, love them, man. You love them so much. Let me just, just show me how much you love them. They can look at me all, all day long like that. What matters is that you love them and you created them with destiny. You created them with such purpose. You value them so much. I don't need to be offended for the way they look at me. You died for that anyway. Why would I? Why should I? And you know what? It'll happen. As long as you go and you seek Jesus, seek him first, you'll become unoffendable. Because he, he took all the offense already for you. He already took it. They plucked out his beard. He was so disfigured, you wouldn't even recognize him. Sometimes we get a little disfigured because we get, we take those things the wrong way and we shouldn't. We don't need to get disfigured. We don't need to get out of joint. He was the one that did it already for us. He became disfigured for us. We don't have to become disfigured. You don't have to get out of, out of whack just because of the way someone looks at you or the way they talk about you. You just need to love them. And the only way you can love them is through Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, then yeah, you can't love. There's no love except this. That Christ laid down his life for you and me. That is the only way. He is the only answer. He is the only truth. 
To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1.27. How mighty is that? Mighty is the Lord. Oh, there's so, so many things I want to share here today. Oh, God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Wake us up, Lord. Can we pray right now? Lord Jesus, come and let your will be done here today, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, if we had any agenda of why we even came to church, Lord God, may we just nail it to the cross right now. If we got offended this morning because of something that happened to us, Lord God, may we just give it over to you and confess it to you right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, whatever the deal that's going on right now with any of us here, myself included, Lord God, let us just come clean before you right now. Come, Holy Spirit, and search our hearts. Let us know if there be any wickedness in us. And let us just get right with you. Lord, we invite you here. This is your church. None of us could even do or imagine or think of how this thing should be except you. And we invite you here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come. Come and minister to each one of our hearts that we may know you more, Jesus. That we may come alive and increase where we're at. And get on with what you've created and desired all along for us. Just bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord God. It says, he is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. If you're not a, a part of any care group, ministry group, teaching group, Bible study, if you don't have someone that's speaking into your life, then I encourage you to get involved. Get someone that you believe in, that you see that is a Christ follower, and get them speaking into your life. That's why we have a Crystal City House of Prayer on Thursday night. We find that this is really where church happens. Where love is explode, exploded our, in our midst for each one. Where we become real. Where we become genuine with one another. When we share, when we say, you know what? I'm experiencing trouble in this area right now. We had a time of repentance a few weeks ago, and it was powerful. Young people came to confess things that they were doing wrong. It was sins that lead to death. And if they continued to do that sin, they would not go to heaven. Because that's the consequence of doing sin that leads to death. It leads to death. That's the bottom line. You can't take that road anywhere else. You can't say, oh, let's try to make it go this way and try to bend it. The road that leads to death is the road that leads to death. And so in that fellowship of believers, we saw young people getting delivered and set free from sins that lead to death. We had young, one young gentleman. I think he's around 12 years old. I'm not good with the ages of our membership. God keeps that all, keeps track of everything. But he testified the following week that now he could, he could now differentiate. And he knew the enemy's voice and what it sounded like now. When that enemy came to speak lies and 
and to take him into a different direction. He now could discern the voice. Because that voice never stops, right? I continually at times have to take every thought captive in obedience to Jesus Christ. And if a thought comes that I know doesn't line up with who Jesus is, that's the first thing I do in my mind, I take it captive. And you know, if you're struggling in some areas of sin, that's the first weapon you have to go to Jesus and just take the thought captive so it doesn't take root into your heart and then grow and produce a crop of unrighteousness. You need to take that thought captive immediately in Jesus' name. And that's all you have to do. And that's, there's nothing else. You, you just believe that Jesus is the righteous judge. He'll judge that thought and he'll cut it off when you ask him immediately. He does. He just does. I had thoughts that uh, because of things that I had done and wickedness I had allowed to enter my mind and my heart, that praise God at the one point he just washed me clean of it. But there was other thoughts that occasionally the enemy will come and he'll think on this thought. No, that's, I mean, it's totally gross anyway. It's disgusting anymore to me. Because it's not Jesus. And so you just take that thought captive. So here I am this morning. I want you right now. It says that we may all be presented fully mature in Christ. So I'm giving you right now a strategy for spiritual warfare. So if you don't use this or practice this spiritual warfare, I encourage you to do it. Write it down. I came in. Where's that verse, guys? Can't tell you the verse offhand. Uh, take every thought captive according to the obedience of Jesus. That's a powerful spiritual weapon for you. Because that's the only way the enemy can attack us is through our mind. Because he wants to get seed planted into our hearts. And we can stop it right here. We don't have to allow him to go forth and plant any seed down here. We can stop it right here. Do we find it? 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. I'm telling you, this is a spiritual principle. It's powerful. And if you're finding it, you're swayed by thoughts in your mind. And it could be the simplest things. I'll give you a simple. It's so simple. Here, um, we were the directors of Rock Lake Ministries. And we, of course, we have offerings. And so good friends of ours, I knew they were given... I knew they from time to time, gave in the offering. But because at this one time, I knew they'd given, but they didn't give an envelope. They just, they just put cash in. But I didn't know that. And so, no, sorry, I didn't, I didn't yeah, I, I thought they didn't give in into the offering. And I was thinking to myself, well, why aren't they giving the offering? Like, I was thinking something stupid. It's just like, why even think, why do I even care what they put in the offering? That's between them and God. And then the next time we had a service, an envelope came with their name on it, and God just reminded me, like, why was I so weird the last time? Like, like this is just, this is simple, but, it, but, it, but why, would I, why would I waste my time of thought on thinking something like that? I should have immediately taken that thought captive. Like, why would I even begin pursuing that line of thinking? This is for anything in life. It can be for that person that ticks you off at work. Why do I even think bad thoughts about them now? Oh, I'm starting to think bad thoughts about them. Jesus, I take this thought captive to the obedience of you. 
right now. And that ends it. It's over. This is like strategy 101 of living a spiritual, Holy Ghost-filled life every day of your life. This scripture right here. Praise God, I didn't even know I was going to bring this scripture up today. But friends, it's, it's a spiritual battle. So when we equip ourselves, it's because we want to become fully mature in Christ, who he is. That's the goal. That's the aim for each one of us. That's why Paul, he kept crying out, I pray for you that you may be complete in Christ, that you may know all of him. And so therefore, we have these apostles, we have these pastors, we have these prophets so that they can teach you and equip you so that you can, we can, we can come together and have the fullness of Christ as a body of believers together. I mean, you must at times have just, I'm sure we've all gone there, oh God, like, what's happened to the church today? Why are, not, why are we not really doing the works of Jesus? You, you, I mean, I went there as a young 14-year-old teenager. I was reading Acts and all the Acts, the things they did through the power and the might of the Lord. And like, God, I, I don't see this happening. Like, I don't understand. This is what you did. You, you, your Bibles, you have a whole chapter committed to the Acts. You, your imagination must go there sometimes. You must think, like, why are we not doing what Jesus did? Why am I not seeing so, more people healed than, than I'm hearing that are getting healed? Like, these are things that, that are on our heart as a, as a house of prayer. Because we want to see Jesus come and take over. And that's what he came to do. He's the only king. We only got one king. His name is Jesus. I mean, you can have other princes all you want. But they're not going to make up for who the one king is. They'll never fulfill your life. You'll never get complete enjoyment or happiness. I mean, we just use happiness as a flippant thing, but I'm using happiness as being really filled and full and knowing I'm happy inside because of who Jesus is in me, who he's caused me to become and who I am in him. Like, I see you guys, you, some of you have got so much wisdom imparted to you, and you need to go and share it to others. You need to go and give it away. Maybe there's young people that aren't being mentored in this church, and you see that there's... There's a void. Their, their lives aren't being encouraged. They're not being spoken into. Then I see if some of you that are 55 plus, that you've got the ability to speak into their lives, whereas even their parents couldn't do that. I'm here to encourage you today to go and do and be and fulfill everything that God's placed on your heart to do. And maybe you hadn't even thought of these things before. My wife made the comment even as we were at one point this weekend, I guess, that you know, it is the responsibility of the older women to be teaching the younger women. That's what it says in the Bible. And we don't, we don't want the younger women to become who we are. We want them to become like Jesus is. And some of you have wisdom that you can impart to these young ladies because our young ladies need it right now. We're at the place that there is a sexual revolution going on. And it's hurting our young people. It's hurting everyone. It's hurting. That's why professors can go and proclaim that I can teach about the most perverted things that you could even imagine. They're probably, it's probably worse than that. Here she's presenting it in a university setting, and she's getting paid a big salary to do that. 
and it's acceptable. I want to see each one of you to go and fulfill things that God's laid on your heart. And I don't say that lightly. You've got life, you've got breath, so you've got a lot to give. Hallelujah. That's all that's required. His breath and our hearts beating still. Everyone check, your heart's still beating? Well, maybe I'm getting, getting a little harsh here. Maybe your heart's starting to beat faster. Right? It's even better. <laughs> but if your heart's beating, that's all you need. You and Jesus, you can go and do anything together because he said nothing would be impossible for you. You could go and accomplish everything that he's planned for you in advance. He said he's written it out. Wow, hey, God, let's get alone. I want to read a bit about the chapters that you've written about me, and I want to go and let's go do it together. You've said this is what I'm going to do, so. And that's what we find with our walk with Christ. It's just finding out what he's already written down so that we now go and do what he's already said that we're to do. And so here we are. Here we are, a group it has come together in Crystal City and we're reaching nations for Jesus. Like, who would have ever thought a little place like Crystal City could do something like that? We've got connections in many places in the earth now that God's just, because we love Jesus, he brings us together and we want to see the world one for him. I mean, that's the ambition of who we are as Christians. We want to see the world one. Oh, yeah, you can tell me. I'm, I'm single-minded me. Yeah, tell me. You're absolutely right. I'm single-minded. Christ has taken over. I don't care what you're into, what you're doing. Christ came to take over the world. He came to buy us back to himself. So, yeah, I'm the most single-minded guy there is. You can't persuade me any other way that there's another path. There's another route to get to Jesus. There's another Allah. There's another whoever the next prophet is to be raised up. I mean, he said false prophets would come at the end times. And those that are even in the church would, would come up and they would even deny that Christ came. So you need to get ready. You need to know who Jesus is. Or else you will be swayed away. And it'll, be, and you, it'll just take you. You'll go with that river and you'll just begin flowing with it. It'll be a river full of putrid. It'll be sewage. And it'll take you to a place that is death. Because that's it. It's just filled with death. Because the enemy has a, he has a strategy. Right? He's the father of lies. Remember? He's a murderer. He's got nothing good. He's got nothing. And he's got no power. Okay? Jesus came and took it back. Right? He took it back. He went to hell and he took the keys of death and Hades and he said no these aren't yours any longer Satan I'm taking them back this is my kingdom now my kingdom has come I'm here to rule and reign on this earth and I'm going to do it through my children his whole plan was to come and to deliver us save us set us free and now then use us but first he just wants to be an intimate relationship with us that's all his heart posture is to be in an intimate fellowship with us like he absolutely craves to be with us that's how much his desire is for us and that's what caused him to go to such lengths that even in the garden he may cry out oh father if there's another way take this cup from me 
But no, there was only a way. I mean, he counted the cost in that moment. Is there another way, Daddy? No, son, there's only one way to redeem my children, and that's through you going to the cross and taking their sin upon yourself, taking their punishment upon you. There's only one plan. There's only one way. Friends, it's never too late. It is never too late. It's too late once you die. Then it's too late. But right now, it's not too late. This morning, in the hearing of my voice, it's not too late for you to say yes to Jesus. To absolutely say yes to him. I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. But you don't know him. You know of him. You've been around people that know him. But you don't know him. Because you haven't committed and said yes to him. Saying, yes, Jesus, I want you to take over my life. I want you to give me a new heart. I want to see like you see. I want to hear like you hear. I want to smell the things that you smell. I want to taste and see that you are good. And he so desires just to be closed in with you in such fellowship. And that's why he relates it as much as he can to a husband and wife. I mean, that's, a, that's the closest earthly representation we can even get to, to this, to this intimate relationship. But it's beyond that. I mean, for us, their husbands and wife, we understand that to a degree. But then it's just, that's just a start. His, the depth of the fellowship that we now have come into through Christ's blood is so rich, it's so real, it's so vibrant, it's so alive. It causes us to see everything different. It causes us to hear things different. And it causes our hearts to burst with love. And to follow after him who first loved us, who first came after us. So I'm telling you, it's right now it's not too late. It's not too late today for us and for you to personally decide that this is the Jesus you want to follow and you want in your life and that you want to go after. It's not boring. It's actually quite exciting. We took our prayer day this last Wednesday in Winnipeg. You probably wouldn't even be aware of it. Most people aren't. But downtown Portage, where Warehouse One is on the second floor, just on the opposite side of the hallway, there's one painted orange door, has two doctors on duty, and they're killing babies every day. People across the hall are eating, having a coffee, having their lunch. They're downstairs buying jeans. They're going across the walkways. I mean, it's, there's businessmen up in the office towers. And right behind this orange door, babies are being killed and murdered. And so we were down there prayer walking the whole block, which includes the uh, Women's Health Center that does all the referrals for the women to go to this orange door which obviously you never know what's going on behind this orange door unless someone like me told you or you were wanted to abort your baby and you went to the women's health center. I mean, they call it health. They, it, it should be called death center. That would be the appropriate name for it. 
And so we went to pray and walk that for five hours in the afternoon. Our team was on for the afternoon shift, being on ground, on site, praying. So we run into uh, a man that's panhandling and has his hat out. His name's Michael. Michael's telling us that he, you know, he really believes he's a schizophrenic and there was more names go to his name. I mean, these, I mean, they have lots of names to keep going upon the name that you already have named because it's, because you got to take more pills that way. And so Michael's vibrating. He's, the whole time he's going up and down on his toes and as our team is loving on him and asking me, can we pray for you? He just settles right down. He stops going up and down. And he begins to cry because he's experiencing love. He doesn't get that. The closest thing he gets to love is taking a bunch of pills probably every day. And he's got a place to sleep, he says. So he's pretty happy. He's got a place to sleep. I mean, for him, that's, that's a pretty happy thing. A lot of them don't even have a place to sleep. Because we're there, because Jesus lives in us, because we see someone in need, we go up to them and love on them and show them the love of Jesus. Hey, it's a great adventure. Perhaps you want to go. Maybe that's something you've never done. Perhaps you'd have us back. We, we train and equip to do these things. And we'd love to take you. Maybe you want to get your young people together. Maybe an older Bible study group, whatever. You say, hey, I'd like to go and just love on people on the street. I've never done that. I find that really uncomfortable. And the thought of it just kind of makes me, ooh. But you know what I'm sharing with you? It is fantastic. It's great. And we don't all, we get there, and for some of us, it's like, oh, I don't know. But as soon as we just start walking and praying and seeking the Lord and worshiping his name, then it just, it's natural. It is really the natural thing to love on another human being who's hurting, who's suffering, who's void of any kind of love in their lives. And the only one can fill that void is Jesus Christ. So perhaps that's something that I can encourage you. I've got a lot of things to encourage you with here today. <laughs> a lot of things you could do. But the first thing I would encourage you to do is to go in your prayer closet, get alone with Jesus. Maybe you've never done a fast with him. Start one day. Say, I'm going to take one day, Jesus. I'm going to close the bedroom, and I'm not coming out. I'm going to spend all day with you. Maybe it's just a morning. Like, start small. I'm just, I'm, I want to stir you up, my friends. I want to stir you up into things of God. And it happens by spending time with him. That's the only way I can get stirred up. Oh, besides meeting Thursday nights, which, of course, is a part of our fellowship, because that stirs each one up then. And that's when we want to meet more, and that's when we find we do meet more, that we're doing more things. Because it just... But let it start. Let it start with you and Jesus. Get up 15 minutes early. Set your alarm 15 minutes earlier in the morning. And then do it half an hour, and then let it stretch out. Say, well, this is enough. What about coffee break at work? I mean, we're, we're blessed. We have a, a Bible on our table at break time, so I'll, often I'll just grab the Bible while other guys are talking, and I read the Bible get encouragement in it. We have, we have a Christian company, so we have devotions at coffee time every Thursday morning, which is awesome. Get encouraged in the Word of God. Encourage yourself through the Word of God. I mean, th- these are things, these are the tools that God's given us just to, just to be with Him 
so that we can get so full of who he is that there's no other option, but we got to go and let him out and just love. Love on each one. Oh, my friends, that's not even the message I had prepared today. I had a whole different word. It was kind of exciting. I was kind of looking forward to the word I had because it was going to be fun. This maybe isn't as much fun, but actually it is. We're going to close off now. I'm going to ask Bert to come forward. I'm going to ask a few of our house of prayer, Joe and Melissa and our leaders, come forward. Melanie, I'm going to ask you to come forward. They're going to come and stand up here. And while Bert comes, he's going to come, he's going to lead us in this song. While the song is being sung, I invite you to come forward for prayer. Okay? People are going to be singing. They're not going to be looking at you coming forward. Okay? Don't look at anybody coming forward, okay? <laughs> Sing the song. Worship the Lord. But I really invite you to come forward. I give you this invitation. We want to love on you with the love of Jesus. And some of us don't get to encounter that too often with one another. I just It's true. We don't. And so here's an opportunity today as Bert comes and leads us in the song. Come forward, team. Please, just rise up during the singing of the song. Living for Jesus. 372.
Praise God. We're going to continue on in prayer up here, but we're going to uh, just bow and we'll, we'll close the service and you can go as if you feel free. But if you still would like to come forward for prayer, we're, we're here. We'd love to pray with you. Love to love on you. So we'll close in prayer. God, we just thank you. You are so amazing. You're so good. You're so incredible. And God, you love us so much. We just pray that you would continue to do your will in our lives, Lord God. We go forth in your power because you are mighty and you're so good. And we thank you that we were reminded that God is so good today. So bless each one here that has come. Bless them as they go now in Jesus' name. Amen.